up to you. This is a, you know, this is a biological show. We cover a wide range of, you know, fauna. Animal sounds. Uh, uh, we haven't no, even we clapped yet. That. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> Three, two, one, clap. This oh. one, that clap might make it into the show because I thought, you know, the introduction <laughs> was so good that I, I'll just leave it in there. We'll you see know, how easy Everyone will get is. to hear Someone, uh, as I as I like to say, they'll get a peek into the kimono. You know, we'll let them in a little bit, and they're gonna see, you know, the how the how the sausage is made in 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 uh, shift shooters land. Uh, how how is every? I, I'm we are a full house today once again. It's been ever so long. It's been uh, ever so long. Gosh, it's been a while. I mean, I, I, we were just saying. I, I think you guys have been doing great, but like, who knew? The revolving chair this whole time. The the true host was Travis. You're the consistency. I mean, are you really that surprised? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't have a life, but I also don't run the show, so that's, you know. No, it's just retail sucks. You just gotta, hey, hey, it's, hey, guess what? It's five in the morning, and... You didn't think you were working today, but now you are. Really? They do that to you? Only because people are getting sick. Oh. We're but dropping like flies, Scott. It's the ultimate pandemic. Getting all the Rona in the store? Are they, are they getting sick because of COVID? Uh, they're like, it's all like exposure based. So like okay. people aren't coming into work because it's like, oh, my sister just moved into to my house and she used to live with someone who had COVID or like... She went to a party last week and somebody tested positive. Okay. So it's all like so it's... degrees removed, but still enough to be like, okay, yeah, you're not coming into work. We got to get someone to cover for you. For like a week and a half. I mean, <laughs> situations like that are what cost us a uh, a Christmas cast this year. Uh, Make 64 does that every year. And this year they didn't have one because someone had a false positive. Mm-hmm. So... Um... It has definitely been affecting many, many people, and that sucks. And I'm sorry that you have to deal with that. I mean, and better I safe that, than uh, sorry, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Especially right now, it's already your busy season, and then throwing this on top of it. I mean, at least yeah, like I, I, at least Christmas is over. Like that was probably the roughest. Was just people coming in, asking for recommendations, and we did not have time. Like. And then on top of uh, uh, everything, uh, with with the Christmas rush, we're also having to restrict how many people can come into the store because of the COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. So we can literally only have seven people in the store, and if we get to six people, someone has to go outside and like start maintaining a line. It's it's the worst, guys. Yeah, especially in a store like yours where people spend more than 30 seconds and they don't necessarily know what they're looking for going in. Oh, pe- pe- people browse all the time, right? You go into a board game store, you know what you're going to get, you're you're in the minority. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. sounds... But how have you guys I mean... been? I mean, I've been loving the show. Well, thank you. I, your, your praise uh, reaches my ears and uh, is warmly welcomed, so uh, I, I keep it coming. <laughs> I take all the credit, and, uh, so I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, Scott's really the one who's doing all the work. I'm having all the fun. Scott's doing all the work. But, uh, have you guys been? Uh, what, what have you guys been up to in this past such and such? 
uh, Travis and I haven't had work for about a week and a half, which has been great. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been Christmas, <laughs> and we had fried chicken. Yeah. Oh, a classic. You see, in Japan, uh, we note everybody, uh, in Japan, <laughs> there's a tradition to have uh, KFC fried chicken on Christmas. This is a, a marketing strategy of KFCs to convince everybody that Americans eat chicken on Christmas and that's what you're supposed to do and so people do it. Um, Ikumi was craving that on Christmas. I didn't feel like cooking. I made a big Christmas Eve dinner and so I was like, alright, I guess I'll, I'll door dash some KFC on Christmas. The uh, the saddest sentence I, I had ever spoken. Hell yeah. But uh, uh, guess what? Uh, here in uh, Canada, KFC is closed on Christmas, so uh, there, there was no KFC available for us. Uh, that tradition could not uh, could not persist. So what'd you do, Travis? What did uh, you do? We found an alternative. Uh, I looked up on DoorDash and I found another place instead of Kentucky Christmas Fried Chicken. Miracle. This place was called Chicken World. Chicken World. It looked incredible. And we ordered $70 worth of Chicken World fried chicken. My goodness. And it came. It's like 30 American dollars. it was crispy, and it was covered in barbecue sauce, and it came with jalapeno uh, poppers, and it came with wings, and that good potato salad. Bone in or 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 bone out? smooth gravy. Oh, it was bone in, baby. Bone in babies. This this fried Uh, chicken looked super super good travis showed us a picture of it we we ate about a quarter of it uh that was about as much as we we got because i i was like all right there's two of us what's like the medium size order from this from this establishment and the medium size order was a a quote unquote 10 piece bucket all right but the 10 piece bucket this was no also came with a bunch of sides this was no popcorn and then popcorn chicken either these were these were big big pieces of chicken. these were like some of them were you know drumsticks some of them were like entire thighs you know it was it was a banquet it was really just a, an exceptional experience but we've been eating it like every day since christmas because we've just have so much of it still and uh i think i think my days are numbered i think i think i've really done it this time <laughs> <laughs> you can feel the arteries clogging up um yeah, I I think uh, I think it's I think I think that's it for me. Um, it was it, it's been a good show. Um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been spending a little. I've been getting real acquainted with my toilet. Ooh, ooh uh, those long long sessions. I'm uh, you know I I appreciate that my toilet has a wide throat. That's all I need. Do you oh, no. do you ha- do you have like a special toilet? I know one of our friends has like a Japanese toilet with all the uh, heating and, and accoutrement. Do you have one like that? Uh, much to Akumi's chagrin, no. Uh, it's it's pretty basic, oh, but it'll, that, it does. That's got to be the next upgrade, though. I think I think she wants the whole the whole bath deal dealt with first you know uh-huh. that we need to upgrade that to like with the with like the whole room is 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 f- like um you can like get water everywhere and you, she needs a, a deep tub that like heats itself you know we, we that that's kind of the vision and i think that the toilet comes next um, okay okay that seems but, I, uh, I would reverse those but i understand <laughs> we live in a, an apartment and neither of those things are going to happen uh here so um 
Yeah, I don't think you can get your landlord you know, to pay for that one. At least the toilet doesn't get clogged. It's a good, it's a sturdy toilet. Wide throat. Why are those two words next to each other so unattractive? <laughs> <laughs> at least moist isn't uh, also in there. <laughs> oh, it's it, it was also pretty moist, but that's a whole different category. Hot of, and steamy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was my Christmas experience. I feel like I have a lot of experiences with eating too much and spending a lot of time being real nasty on the toilet uh, for Christmas. That's like a tradition for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, one year, so my, in my in my family growing up, my, my family tradition was to have a big like crab dinner for, 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 for New Year's Eve. And people out there might not know, uh, Travis is very allergic to crab. <laughs> so I don't get to eat crab. The rest of my family eats crab and I get to sit there and watch them eat crab. I don't know why this tradition started. I don't know who is responsible and why they would do this to me. But every year my mom has to come up with something else to make me. And so one year she made this like I don't know what it's called, but it was basically like a pie crust filled with like cream of mushroom soup and mushrooms Mm -hmm. and blue cheese. And it was, it was like a, it was like a hot pocket, but real fancy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it was good. And I ate this whole thing. It was like, I mean, it was the size of a, it was like the size of a pie plate. It was a nine inch (laughs) ring of, of dough and like cream basically. (laughs) And I, I actually broke the toilet that night. <laughs> uh, I remember um, I it was three in the morning. I woke up. I had just the worst, you know, thunderstorm in my bowels. <laughs> Rushed to the toilet. It was an ordeal that lasted several hours. And then when I was done, the toilet would not flush it away. And I believe it also overflowed while that was going on. So I kind of like got it everywhere, like in the whole bathroom. And I remember oh, no. like I, I didn't really know because it was three in the morning. I can't go down to get all of like the cleaning supplies. Right. So I, I just kind of left it there. And I think Clara found it in the morning. And was like, <laughs> what do I do? How old were you? She uh, she came down and made a qu- quite a family announcement. Uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, How old were you when this happened? Uh, this was probably uh, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I did oh, too. Oh no, this is a this is a fairly recent memory. You didn't you didn't employ any like problem solve. I'm thinking like maybe if you. <laughs> Not to get into the nitty gritty, but let's let's Monday morning quarterback this. Don't you think if you if you like I don't know like took the tip of the plunger or something and just made a hole in in the mass that eventually it would start to, the suction would kick in and you would flush the toilet. Um, I think I did solve the clog issue, but not before it had clogged so much that it overflowed and got everywhere. Ah, uh. so I I. I, the issue that I faced after that was just like a Water very everywhere. messy floor. Yeah. And I didn't have the means to clean it up without like waking the whole family. So I, uh, uh-huh. I left it. And when we say water everywhere, it was probably not just water. Oh, no. It was, it was, uh, it was a bit of a speckle, you know? It, yeah. It, you know, you, you get. You, I, I really fucked up my insides. Like I, I, that's all I can say is that it was it was just a it was a war zone down there. Uh, 
I, I can't say that I've ever done that to a bathroom, and I think I want to keep it that way. I don't know, Scott. I feel like I feel like you you have a history of just like what what I feel like we describe as destroying a toilet. <laughs> you know, like I feel like this was a thing back in the pool house. I remember this. Out, so that like you would walk out of the bathroom and say, "Nobody go in there." I I completely ruined it for everyone. I'm sorry. So uh, it never broke and it never overflowed, but. Boy, did you not want to go in there for about twenty minutes after that? A, it was more chemical candle. warfare, I guess. Uh, for me, it was like I was I was shooting artillery strikes. Scott was was laying out the napalm. Uh huh. Uh huh. I guess that's kind of the the comparison there. God, I love I love the images that that conjures to mind. Well, that makes one of us. So. But yeah, well, Scott, how, how have you been? How was your, how was your Christmas? I don't Christmas, so I, I really you, have nothing to report. We have Chinese food, and you just appreciate the day off. Uh, if it's a day off, if, yeah, it was, I mean, it was fine. Uh, I didn't end up going to see my family. Um, oh, but I mean, yeah, obviously for the best. Uh, you know, California made it pretty clear that they don't want people coming to the state, so I decided to you know not. Um, other than that, we really didn't do a whole lot. Um, we ate a lot too. But Did you have a, a Zoom call? Yeah, I had a uh, three family Zooms on Christmas Day. So I had a uh, one with my immediate family on Christmas morning, and then one with my dad's extended family uh, in the evening, and then another one with my mom's extended family in the afternoon. So it was like a an all day affair of sitting in front of the computer. And uh, fun doing that. It was uh, a lot of time on the webcam, but I, I mean that's lot... better than the alternative. I yeah. saw a lot of reports saying that people were still going home for the holidays despite everything, especially in like uh, L.A. and Southern California. Yeah, I mean, it's a year. It's a year. Meh. It'll be okay. I'll t- I'll take a year off and live. Instead of, uh, it's also a, a rather significant drive for me to go home and be 14 hours each way, 15 hours each way. And mm-hmm. not having to do that drive, I think is okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's an audio book you don't have to listen to. Yeah. That's <laughs> certainly the right way to put it. Um, but I mean, we didn't really do a whole lot. Um, we've been, We've been thinking of restaurants around here to support stuff like that. So we've been getting some some takeout this week because, you know, all these restaurants are having really tough years. So mm-hmm. help them out in the local places and then uh, just hang out with our cat. So nice. Which he's getting annoyed at. Nice. <laughs> he's, he's getting used, tired of you. Well, he's used to having like humans around for three days in a row, like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then cat time, like Tuesday to Friday during the day where he gets to do whatever he wants and we don't bother him and all the stuff and i can tell his routine is getting messed up because he's using his litter box at really (laughs) at really odd times of the day like he usually and he's in his routine he uses it like while we're waking up like between like 6 and 7 30 or something we'll use it once then and then he won't use it all day and then he'll use it like after dinner and then he'll use it then and then maybe one more time today he used it when we woke up 
and then again twice at like noon and then he used it again before dinner so he's like all out of whack and i can tell it's upsetting him but no i definitely read a an article i think this was a couple months back but it was just saying that like yeah your animals are definitely not used to you being home all the time (laughs) yeah it's true (laughs) but I mean, I'm worried that uh, our dog is only ever going to uh, expect that because we got him uh, during this year. And so if if this ever changes and we uh, we go back to a normal schedule, he might uh, he might not adjust as Aww. well. Well, it sounds like uh, he's we'll see. it sounds like he's formed a good bond with you guys. Like, what's the I mean, it's not like you guys have been out like an all day trip or something going somewhere without him. Have you? We uh, I mean, we've left him at home for like couple hours here and there he he really doesn't give a shit if we leave which is nice we have a camera so we can watch mm-hmm. uh and make sure he's fine but he's never i mean he'll basically just sleep until we get back mm-hmm. um we uh yeah i don't know if if i started working again the goal is to take him with me to work because i work in an industry that kind of allows that pretty generally but um his behavior is going to have to change a little bit for that to be possible and uh that is yet to be seen so is that to say he Um, needs to stop humping things no the humping is probably cute and fine i I don't think people will be bothered by that it's he's just a little uh he's a little territorial Mm. and i think uh he's a boy uh, sorry he's a boy yeah so I think we need to uh, we need to deal with that first. But we've got time. I probably can work at home for as long as I want. So, um, yeah. Territorial so I think, uh, I and uh, we'll and, and spunky definitely go. I think with the territory of having a little adolescent dog, a little adolescent male dog. Yeah, and and Jack Russell Terriers are specifically very um, hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like a it, that just creates a dangerous uh, combination of traits. So. Um, we uh we are definitely learning that uh the hard way <laughs> so how is your how is scout how is how's scout doing scout's doing well he uh he's getting a little fatter you know mm. my 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 dog's uh coming up on nine nine and a half years old now mm-hmm. so uh he's 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 entering that stage where you know he can't eat like he used to he's not running around as much but he still wants to eat the same amount. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we're definitely, uh, he's gotten used to coming upstairs and, and uh, getting a treat for me when I get home from work. Mm-hmm. But I've been asked to only give him one one every other day now because we think maybe he's, he's uh, getting too many. Mm-hmm. So it's really sad. Half the time now he comes up the stairs and he's like, hey, like, treat time, right? And you're like, no, not buddy. today. It's t- tomorrow and he just doesn't get it i i can see it in his eyes he's he's confused he doesn't know oh, that is sad <laughs> yeah my cat on way to bring down the podcast yeah, my cat so, gets treats uh, that's that's not, my not very dog often. story <laughs> my right, cat gets well. treats not very often and we only give him treats in the form of uh, a treat walk where what we'll do is we'll mm-hmm. lead him you know take a small handful of like three or four treats lead him around the apartment and make him climb on things to go get the treats so that he has to so work. it's still a little exercise well not even the exercise he just has to work for it. he doesn't just get the treat he has to jump up uh-huh. on the counter or he has to you know go inside something to get it doesn't mm-hmm. just like get it handed to him also he doesn't like to eat out of our hands so that's another thing but he loves it because it's fun to walk around and fun to jump up on stuff and 
Also, he gets treats. So, have you guys been playing any uh, any games during your week off? Oh, I yeah. watched Travis oh, yeah. play some Demon Souls uh, the other day. Yeah, I've been playing Demon's Souls. Ooh, on that PlayStation Fizzle. Yeah, it looks pretty good. You heard it. It's uh, it's it's very good. I uh, I feel like I've crossed the line from it being like an absolute misery into something manageable. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it the absolute today, misery I, stage. Yeah, Scott saw me transcend that. I think I think Scott watched me cross the line a little bit because when I beat the first like major boss after like a ton of agony, I was it, it was quite a good feeling, and I was like, oh yeah, there's that. There's that feeling again from when I used to play Bloodborne. Oh. I remember it now. It's there. Uh-huh. The, the seed is, has sprouted finally. But the thing is, um, today I learned, and I didn't know this because I've never played Demon Souls. Um, Demon Souls is actually really easy if you equip magic, and I didn't know that. Oh, so, no. Scott, remember I was saying, like, Hey, I have these spells. I don't know how to use them. Yeah, how did you end up solving that problem? How would you would you figure out the so fix was? I had a I had a magic wand and I didn't know what it was, and I just didn't equip it. And apparently, if you equip the magic wand, you can use magic that's like an instant kill on almost anything. <laughs> so I could have just walked through the levels and killed everything with magic, and that would have been the game. But I played it for like 15 hours to get through the first two levels because i didn't know that was an option to me and i don't know if i'm like proud of myself for playing it like the hardcore way or really upset that i wasted all of that time when an easier option was there well i know for for dark souls and i'm assuming the demon souls crowd is has got to be a little similar i've heard that mantra of like magic is for noobs like magic is for the the you know the the softies and if you want like a real challenge you you go through it without so so i i would be proud okay i just yeah because bloodborne that's not something you can do Uh bloodborne you gotta get up in the in their face you gotta you gotta you gotta crunch and crush and smash and uh and that's all that's all that they they allow you uh, in that game, so that was kind of what I was what I was thinking this would be. I I it's very uh, slow and like trudgy and uh, yes, I did you kind of have to take it inch by inch. Um, so it it kind of like ends up feeling like a a war of attrition uh, over a long period of time, which is interesting and it definitely uh, contrasts a bit with uh, some of the other games in the in the genre that I've played. Because I've like I mean I'm not I'm not a total noob here. I, you know I platinumed both Neo games, beat Bloodborne, uh, played Jedi Fallen Order on hard. Hollow Knight. Uh, the, I I do like these games, but Demon Souls is definitely like there's a lot of like obtuse um, stuff that I probably have to like look up in guides about how to do correctly and that uh doesn't always feel very good because i want to like kind of create a style that is mine but then i like look up how to beat a boss and they're like oh well you should try to go for this kind of build and you should have these specific items that you have to find somewhere or craft in a very specific Mm -hmm. way and i'm like i don't i don't know that's not the way i'm approaching this i guess i kind of in bloodborne you there's like six there's six weapons basically and so i kind of prefer it being a limited kind of scope but uh you know i'm getting there and uh and it's good i did uh, i did beat 
um, another game that I want to talk about uh, before Demon Souls, a game called Thirteen Sentinels: Ooh. Aegis Rim. Ooh. Have you heard of this game? No, but I know the Netflix adaptation, Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh yeah, I mean, you know the show was great. The game's even better. Um, the, this is a game by Vanillaware, who you might recognize. They made Dragon's Crown. They made uh, Muramasa. Mm-hmm. They made uh, what is that game called? The uh, classic Travis games. These are these are all time favorites, uh, and I I am happy to say that their newest game is their best game. It's a great, excellent sci-fi narrative. It is very 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 different from the last things that they have made. It is practically a visual novel with like some sort of I, I guess I would describe it as like real time strategy RPG battle mechanics. Like it's it's you're on like an overhead map like an RTS but you're picking moves like an RPG just in real time. So it, there's like, you know, status meters that you have to wait to fill and then you choose like an attack for things. So it kind of combines like real time RPG mechanics and a strategy uh, game. And it's, it's, that's a very compelling element of it, but really the, the meat of the meal is just this like incredibly complicated interwoven narrative that is delivered to you like in tiny little pieces through a cast of like 13 characters where you get like little bits of each story and you start to figure out how they intertwine. And during like the middle portion of the game, every single of these story, um, these, uh, story narrative beats that you kind of go through end in like the craziest twists where it's like, I thought this game was about this, but actually it's about that. Are you kidding me? And it keeps happening and it keeps piling more of that onto itself. And uh, even for that experience alone, I highly recommend it. It's, it's very, very good. What, what um, platform is it on? That's, yeah. It's only on PlayStation 4. Oh, well, it's pretty limiting. I don't know. I don't have a PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4 sold over 100 million units, so chances are, if you have a games console, PlayStation 4 is probably one of them. I do have one, but also, I'd rather play I'd rather play it on the Switch. Well, that is entirely too bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a PlayStation 3. Uh, speaking of Switch, though, I have started, finally... Super Mario Odyssey for the first time. Oh. oh, how are you enjoying it? It's pretty good. What? It's all I really got to say. It's a good game. What, what I haven't world played enough are you to, on uh, to say more. What world are you on? I, I think I'm, all, I'm, I'm on the Metro Kingdom. I'm in New Donk City. Okay, so you're, yeah. you're pretty solidly into the game. You've, you've... Yeah, although that, I got there in like one sitting. So I, I'm not sure is it like is there a lot of the game because i feel like i'm getting like so, so the, the, they, they do that they do that that mario thing where you're gonna get through the main game and then it's gonna be like oh yeah now you can go back to new donk city and there's like there's 118 yeah 118 more more moons okay. that you couldn't get before like that's what i figured it, like if you just um, get the minimum amount of moons and rebuild the odyssey and move on to the next one you're really really not getting a huge amount of gain but if you spend, hmm. I mean, you can go back to any world out later or after or whatever. And then if you go back and spend some time and really get all the moons, get all the, you know, the challenges and stuff like that. Um, all the, they, they all the tokens, then you experience a lot more of each individual world. 
And I think they intend for you to kind of go through it the, the first time kind of quickly yeah. and then go back to each world. Because I, I know there's a couple okay. where, like, well, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a couple where it feels like you are supposed to only be there briefly. Interesting. I will say initial impression, just based on get it, having gone through, like, four or five worlds at this point, the game feels incredibly aesthetically incongruent like like it just it th there's a lot of like competing palettes and like aesthetic themes that just don't seem like they belong together like it just seems like a lot of stuff thrown in a pile mm. D does that make it is that a common complaint i feel like or maybe that's something people like about it i think that's just, something i was people very like surprised i think people liked it yeah because it it doesn't necessarily conform itself to one art style to one each, uh, each level thing. kind of feels like a completely different art style not entirely but, but it, most of them thematically for it's sure it's a little weird it's a little sure. weird but i i think uh, i'm enjoying it um and i'll i'll let but you but that's know but I, that's a thing with the mario for the with these type of games where you you know jet around from world to world is each one is a little different each one has its own personality each one has its own colors and stuff and maybe this one's a little more disjointed than previously, but the other thing they did with this one is pretty much on each level, there's a brand new mechanic that you're figuring out how to use, figuring out how to use to your advantage and yeah. not burning you out on one particular mechanic, obviously throwing the hat, but like there's a different enemy to capture on each one and using different game mechanics with different art styles and different themes kind of makes it feel like a whole bunch of mini games wrapped up into one huge game centered around a base mechanic of capturing enemies, but not fully tied together like that. Like in some, in some uh, worlds you use the mechanic in the boss battle in some worlds you don't in some worlds, all it does is just kind of help you and push you along through the level in some worlds. It's, this is how you do it. This is what you need to do to finish it. So, it definitely also puts. Uh, if you go back to revisit Mario sixty four, I think it, it you can kind of see that that one was also going for conflicting aesthetics, but they just couldn't really pull it off with the N sixty four with two megabytes. Like the first, hmm. just yeah, because they were with megabytes. But like when you go to like the booze house, it's all like spooky, and they talk about you dying. But like in the first level, it's all bright and sunny, and and it's much more the Mario that you expect. So mm. I don't know. I I I think that like it it made sense for Mario, but at the same time, yeah, it was definitely a, a bold step. Yeah, I think I think some of it's just coming from contrasting it to Sunshine, which was the most recent one I've played. Mm -hmm. um, because that game does a lot to try and like expand a central theme throughout the entire game mm -hmm. to the point that like. You can even see the other levels in from within whatever level you're in. Yeah, they like, try to make you can connect kind of it. like gauge. Yeah, you can gauge in space where you are in relation to everything else, and that extends throughout like aesthetically and, and thematically and musically. Everything is kind of tied together really tightly. Um, this game is not that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and so it's definitely it's just a, it's just a different experience, and so I uh, I'm just getting used to that, but it's good. I like it. It's charming. Well, I've been, I've been um, playing a game lately. Yeah. I've been playing I've been playing a game uh since last we spoke. Uh, a little game came out of a little country 
a little game by CD Projekt Red, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You got it. Oh, that's a lot. You know, a lot of controversy about that game, a lot of bugs. And I thought to myself, gosh, you know, I was really excited for this game, but it seems like a bomb. And you know when the bombs dropped in Fallout 4? 2077, baby. So I installed Fallout 4. <laughs> and I've been playing Fallout 4. <laughs> Another game that was just uh, beloved by everybody. Immediately. And had no problems when it came out. No problems when it came it out. Not controversial in any way. In any way. <laughs> I, th- I think beloved by by Al. Uh, uh, no, no typo. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, I, I, I Why don't, Fallout Four? What, I can't. What I don't. You into I don't that? know what has happened to me. I think I, I just was craving a Fallout game. I was really excited for Cyberpunk, but it just seemed like it was. I wanted to sidestep the whole. There's a lot of controversies with it. I'm just not interested in a in a game that can't just be a game. Well, so the, the question. So, uh, so real quick tangent on Cyberpunk. Would you play it on the PS4, yeah. or would or do you have a high end enough PC that it could handle it? You know, I don't know. Uh, I thought my PC would be high enough to handle it, but from what I'm seeing, <laughs> it looks like even it the, needs the, to be the, pretty the strongest ridiculous. of PCs are having a little bit of trouble. Yeah. I I recently rebuilt mine, and I don't think I would play Cyberpunk on it. Yeah. And, like, on top of that, like, the, all the stuff, like, with the development of the game, and, like, it, it just seems like CD Projekt Red is... is given up all their goodwill Mm -hmm. but i don't know why that pushed me to fallout like fallout 4 is an indefensible game i can't justify why i'm playing it but i modded the hell out of it and i'm having an all right time uh uh there's a a great mod just for everybody out there uh anime race nanako chan Mm -hmm. turns all the women of the wasteland into anime girls pretty good uh can't apply to the men I, I was a little I was a little off put by this suggestion, but you know, intrigued. Maybe I'll think about it. You know, you know there, there's some qualities we're bringing to the table that, like I, you know, I can't deny. Can't deny. Piques oh, my interest. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a couple pictures, Travis. So you can make it the 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 image of the week because that's something we're doing. I don't now. do an image of the week. <laughs> Come on. Every uh, week it's the same image. It's that logo with the three O's. Yeah, it's still three O's. I was looking the other day. I love it. Oh, let's see. I, I'm sure I can find a picture to send you guys while we're talking. Uh, but uh, uh, no, it's it's been all right going back to Fallout. I, I modded it to, to hell and back. There's really two kinds of mods for Fallout 4, which is, is kind of weird. There's like the anime races mod. There's like the you know, additional quests, additional radio stations, and then there's just, like, a whole other section on kind of every site I've been on that's just, like, sex and slavery mods. <laughs> uh, there's really two speeds. <laughs> and there's nothing nothing between them. <laughs> Interesting. I've never uh, played any of the Fallout games. I've heard they're very good in general, but I haven't played any of them. New Vegas is definitely the one to play, thoughts. I think. I have a lot of thoughts on this topic <laughs> of the Fallout games. And uh, it's it's opening up a can of worms because Fallout 4 uh, is probably the most excited I've ever been for a game and also the most disappointed I've ever been for a, a game. That makes sense. And uh, that's saying, 
that's saying something because Mass Effect Andromeda also happened like in in a in a in a, in a period of time around that. And I think by then Fallout 4 had like jaded me to the point where I didn't care anymore. So I was like never going to be excited about anything ever again at that point. Um, so I got thoughts about that game. And the other, I mean, I've, you know, I, I highly recommend to everybody listening. Mm-hmm. There, there's these great videos by a guy by the name of H bomber guy. He does, he does like media criticism videos and uh, just recently, he put out a, a video about uh, Fallout New Vegas and why it's it's his favorite game. And I think that that video is very good. And I contrast it with his video on Fallout 3, in which his argument is that it's a bad game. Uh, and it's very compelling, despite the fact that I actually prefer Fallout 3. Uh, but the reasons why I prefer it, that video helps me clarify, I guess. And uh, I think... Uh, I think it's kind of interesting to sort of figure out which of the two flavors you kind of prefer because one is very much a, a kind of exploration sandbox and the other is like a very tightly wound directed classic RPG and they both have very different direction styles despite being in like the exact same engine and looking pretty similar like they're they're very 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 different games. All right, so Sam has linked uh, this mod. Oh, my good God. Let me see this. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Does she have, like, claw hands? What's what's going on with the hands? No, she's just holding, like, a minigun. Here, here, here. I'll, I'll, I'll upload another one for you so you can get kind of a look. Maybe this is maybe a better... This, this is an audio podcast, so I'll try my best to describe what I'm looking at here. I, it, it's like... Somebody took, like, the models from, like, Genshin Impact, <laughs> except they're not, they're no longer cel-shaded, which is really throwing me off. They're, like, properly lit <laughs> models, but they have, like, anime plastic hair and these, like, soulless eyes. That are five sizes too big. And she's drinking a Nuka-Cola Quantum from the vending machine, and she's got a big oval mouth. It's great. This is this is this is hellish. This is uh, <laughs> boy, because uh, I was I was expecting it to be cell shade. I feel like this aesthetic, uh, it's a little weird. It's like those people <laughs> who walk around with the big anime masks. You know what I mean? It's a little weird, a little especially weird. you're not seeing it with the regular human men next to them. <laughs> oh yeah, that's jarring. Well, that's like uh, that one episode of. Uh, panty and stocking where they go to like real human world for a little bit and everyone's like drawn a really a really proper anime character and then like here come these you know girls who are not drawn in the same art Looks style like western at all. like jendy kartakovsky characters yeah like that kind of juxtaposition is funny there are some really great mods though for fallout 4 i'll shout out uh sim settlements 2 it just is a really cool city building uh uh mod that's that's really nice it kind of turns it into a more uh uh uh, i don't know like uh inventory rationing uh like a like a resource management game which is kind of fun interesting it's the, the the worst thing about it, though, I'll say, I think I'm just about done with playing Fallout 4. I've been playing it for a couple weeks now, and uh, every time, I've played it three times now, I've been going through it, and each time I run into the same problem, which is the mods are working fine, 
the 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 game seems to be running okay and then something breaks in the base game mm. like a quest will just stop or like an npc will just not trigger or something will break in a way that's just like well fuck like the, the what's the solution you go onto the forum and it just says make a new save it's a it's a known bug that just hasn't been resolved and there's no patch for it that's and this game like unacceptable it's not new it came out like five years ago <laughs> like Bethesda, I guess. I mean, they kind of quickly... I feel like Bethesda's sort of sweeped it under the rug a little bit. Like, it says something that, like, today we're still seeing, like, oh, Skyrim's coming back, everybody. Uh It's coming to Game Pass. It's like, that's still, like, a thing. But, like, Fallout 4 has not been mentioned in years because Mm -hmm. it's, like... I think the Fallout brand as a whole has taken such a downward swing in uh, in the last few entries that, like, I feel like they uh, they're having a crisis of identity about that series a bit. And, oh uh, yeah, especially after seventy six. Not, really, not mentioning a bit. Although I do hear that like they are working on seventy six, and there are people who like it, but I'm not I'm not going anywhere near that. I don't I, I bet it's going to be just like uh, uh, No Man's Sky, where I'm sure they'll patch their way to a completed game eventually, but. It, it doesn't matter. Like you sold us a broken game it's, to start. It's with. a little. It's a little different though because one of those is made by like a scrappy team who yes. shot for the stars and didn't yes. make it quite all the way. And then the other one is like a giant corporation that, that just lied about made something specifically <laughs> designed to be like. Because the thing is, like they have been patching and fixing them things, but it's also been along with like making subscriptions and like season pass shit and like making it into this like this this platform for commerce that like it just seems really gross to me you know what i mean oh i mean that's like i I feel like that's even built into fallout 4 you have to download an external mod manager to install mods onto fallout 4 and then even within the game it's confusing because there's a a bethesda mod launcher (laughs) that if you click into that it wants you to log into steam and you can pay for mods like it's so Mm. difficult and gross (laughs) That's not ideal. Once upon a time, Fallout was, like, about something, you know? It was about kind of, like, a critique on, you know, American exceptionalism crossed with, like, commercialized imagery. And, like, all of this stuff was kind of rooted in to what the 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 messaging of the series was and, like, the storyline and, and the aesthetic. Because, like, Vault Boy was supposed to be originally, like, a critique on kind of, like, commercialized mascots and it sort of turned into this like car- it, it kind of became what it was a, a critique of in yeah sort of the long run i mean that's kind of a a shallow like uh level of analysis but i i just feel like that's that has to that has to be obvious to somebody at bethesda like surely somebody <laughs> sees what's been happening i, mean, I don't know the, the the same thing is being said of cd project red though that like you know they made a game that's all about you know fuck corporations and you know the man is trying to screw you in every way they can and then it turns out that they were like had really really cruel hours and were crunching their employees and like mm. were lying to everyone about what the product was going to be and was maybe exactly as bad as the corporations they were demonizing in their game <laughs> And not only that, I haven't played Cyberpunk. I actually do have it. Um, I got it for like $30 off, um, but I haven't played it yet. I'm going to wait for the PS5 upgrade. Mm. Uh, but I um, I have heard that the storyline doesn't really use the Cyberpunk genre for anything really other than aesthetic. 
which to me is like a mortal sin of using something in cyberpunk where like anything that that is successful in that genre transcends like the imagery like it's it's always going to be about culture and kind of like modern day trajectories and 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 kind of like bastardizations of the things that are bad today and like that has to be a, an element of what like the the game is about and it doesn't really sound like it is about anything and to me like that's the most disappointing aspect of of this whole thing is that like they made this whole ordeal of like bringing cyberpunk to to triple a rpg space and it's not really doing anything with it and that like if that's actually true that's going to be really really uh, hard to swallow i'll um, be honest uh, uh i i've read some I, i've been really interested in the reviews from non-game journalists uh for <laughs> cyberpunk I, I read i think it was like the kqed review or that was like a pbs review or something <laughs> um just you know people who who are not normally playing games um and the the consensus that i've been seeing has kind of made me think I'm probably not going to pick up Cyberpunk, because there already is, like, a little bit of weirdness about, like, there's a a whole trans thing that's going on that I don't want to get into. There's the whole, like, uh, uh, voice thing that I don't really want to get into. And then there's... I don't know. It it, it just... uh, uh, I just lost my train of thought. I hate it when this happens. I love doing this to you guys. Yeah, (laughs) it's a really good radio really good radio uh-huh. uh i know i know I, what you mean see, you... just see, the, the 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 sentiment that i've seen in these reviews is just that yeah the game is buggy but more than anything kind of to what you're saying uh it doesn't do anything with the the setting and it it, it just kind of seems kind of heartless mm-hmm. and and i think more than anything that that's what's making me think i don't want to pick it up it's like yeah. they, they'll they'll fix the the bugs but that is going to be still the story when you get there yeah, I don't do a whole lot of uh, yeah. like review searching for video games, and you know, there's a couple like <clears throat> game review YouTube channels that I like because they just get down to is this game fun to play or what makes it interesting stuff like that. And one of them said like this game is glitchy, it's buggy. If you're playing on a good system, it looks really amazing, all this good stuff. But some of the most enjoyable parts of the game are hidden away from you and you have to go seek them out and if you just do the main storyline you're really not experiencing a lot of the game mm-hmm. um and like they this one reviewer mentioned that there's this really really exciting side quest but it just it gets activated by you talking to a vending machine or something like that and like mm-hmm. the whole point of an open world game is kind of in a weird roundabout way to not do everything you know you you experience the world the way that you want to experience it and if you're missing out on some of the best experiences because they're hidden away kind of you know in a bright neon city a bright vending machine blends in mm-hmm. and sure that might be really fun tucked away in there but if 30 percent of people miss it or worse if 30 percent of people see it you know that's not very fun and then the other thing with these kind of open world games and i don't know exactly how the cyberpunk system works but if they level at all you end up super super over leveled for whatever main story quest you have i I had that problem with the uh, borderland series really bad because i Mm -hmm. like to do the side quests because they're fun and they're different and you know you do need to do them to level up but if you do all the side quests you end up horrendously over leveled for the main story and it's not that fun Mm-hmm. And 
you know, Borderlands is more like a linear, not necessarily hub world based thing, but it's like, you know, you go in and out of these levels. You could sometimes go back to them, but you know, you're moving around in circles, but you're not like, let's go, you know, to the other side of the map and then back and forth, you know, um, I don't know. No, it's the same thing with, uh, with you know, the Fallout games, and, and I think even in the video you were mentioning, Travis, H-Bomber Guy talks about it, how in, in the bad Fallout games, uh, the level scaling is very poor, where, like, it, nothing feels like a challenge, because, especially in Fallout 4, nothing ever feels like a challenge because everything is scaled to you, it's not the other way around, mm-hmm. whereas in New Vegas, there are parts of the world that are designed to just be, hey... If you're not level 20, 25, you're going to die here. And that's all there is to it. Uh, like, you can try to run your it, way past it, but it's not going to be easy. And, and it's so funny how, like, at the time when that came out, I did not understand what they were going for with that because I was so used to Fallout 3 that in Fallout New Vegas, I remember, like, oh, I want to go in this direction, and I go and I go, and then suddenly there's, like, a swarm of bees that, like, f- kill you instantly. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, like, absolute horse shit. I was like, that's not what this game is supposed to be. And and, and, and I've since kind of, like, learned that there's just a different philosophy to it. Um, mm-hmm. have, have you ever played uh, The Witcher 3? I, I haven't. All? Have you, Scott? Nope. Either of you? I think, Sam especially... You would really like The Witcher I, 3. I saw it's it, on it's, sale. It's because a lot of what we're talking about as far as like use of genre and, and kind of like taking the world and the intention of the world to its fullest, I can see why somebody would play The Witcher 3 and expect that out of Cyberpunk and be really disappointed if it's not there. Mm. Because it is really, really heavily there in The Witcher 3. That game is like teeming with like connecting points that rich that enrich in the entire world and experience and it I, it'd be very easy for me to see somebody completely falling into that for for 300 hours and having it be like a rich experience that is constantly challenging and and throwing you into new um into kind of new storylines constantly I, I i played about 30 hours of it and at a certain point even i kind of got a little overwhelmed just because i i just don't love the genre of western fantasy enough to like be that invested into it but if you do if you have the ability to like that um i think that that game is like a a bounty of riches for people who are like into that kind of thing um the the side quests in that game are like more interesting than like many games central plots uh and the thing that i like the most about it is that it it's not trying to just be a tolkien-esque fantasy it's really a fairy tale rpg not a fantasy rpg yeah you're kind of discovering like sort of almost like like children's fairy tales in the woods and like what are those things like turning into when they're when 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 they're kind of presented in like a an adult context like you you run into creatures that are there to like give you riddles Mm-hmm. and and then you lead off on a quest through them and but at the same time you go through these very like big political operas with uh, major factions and I, I just feel like that game really uh, really takes you to a lot of places and I think at this point having been out for a long time and being been added to it uh, there's uh, not a lot of like risk or downside to it there, there's not a whole lot that you have to like well the bad part of The Witcher 3 is there's not really 
there's not really one. I think that that game is, is a complete package, and yeah. uh, I, I definitely highly recommend it. Hmm. Um, well, I, I've been looking for something to play, and for whatever reason, I just haven't had the itch to play God of War, so so that might be... I know it's on sale right now. That might be it. You might have just sold me, Trav. I I, I hope to hear, because, I, again, I, I couldn't get through it just for my own personal things, but I think that that game is worth uh, at least... At least putting in that amount of time into it's uh, it's really uh, really special. So, again, that's why it's so disappointing that like they wouldn't approach Cyberpunk with the same level of detail or or intentionality with the world. It's it's that funny to me is, is very surprising. You know, Cyberpunk is based on a it's a it's a setting like a, an RPG. Uh, um, uh, right. There's like a, a we yeah. sell it in, in my board game shop. Uh, and so you'd think, you know, with The Witcher, it's based on a book series, so they have a lot to draw from. And although they've very early on diverted or diverged from the source material, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they have a lot to draw from there. And you'd think there's a lot of source material to draw from from Cyberpunk. And it really just seems like they took the surface level stuff, you know, Johnny Silverhands and like, you know, some, some eye catching things and just made kind of a, a nothing burger. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but also probably spent a little too much tr- time trying to make a Grand Theft Auto clone, you yeah, know, like, I feel like, like that's also part of, of it. I, I, that's yeah, kind of what I like, was thinking. Trying to like... make emergent systems that aren't really working properly <clears throat> mm-hmm. and got in the way of like telling an interesting RPG story. Like, I don't know. Cause the Witcher is very much like, it really fits in line with like a, a hack and slash Western fantasy RPG. Like it is kind of of that genre very richly. And I think takes advantage of that mm-hmm. but it takes a thousand people to make grand theft auto uh and it's funny I, 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 just just to to interject you you to compare it to grand theft auto i think is really apt because like yeah it is a narrative but just today i was watching a video of a guy playing it and kind of doing some grand theft auto type stuff where he was just blowing cars up and then having fun and there is a police like system of like you get one star two stars three stars when you get to, I think, four or five stars, they just, like, shut down your neural machine and your character just dies. Like, hmm. it's it's a there's a lot of weird systems in the game that seem to be, like, at odds with what they're encouraging you to do. Maybe they just really so wanted to know. make Grand Theft Auto 6 because it doesn't appear like... If, who makes Grand Theft Auto? Rockstar? Rockstar yeah, doesn't Rockstar, really want to yeah. make Grand Theft Auto anymore. Maybe they saw a gap in the market and decided to fill it because you're right. It's like, well, run around, shoot people, steal their cars, get the police to chase after you kind of game. And there's some fun in that, but that's not what the game was built as, right? The game was built as, you know, explore the world, be this RPG. Everyone will see it differently and blah, 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 all this stuff. But, and also Keanu Reeves, but I don't, I don't, I personally don't see the appeal in Grand Theft Auto type games and obviously they're one of the more popular video game franchises ever so a lot of people certainly do but Cyberpunk well, 2077 that... wasn't necessarily supposed to be Grand Theft Auto 6. Yeah, I, I think you kind of just touched on something, Scott, that is, is kind of maybe the heart of it. Is I think Cyberpunk was maybe billed as a Grand Theft Auto because, like, yeah, all, all the, the advertising has been like, yeah, it's your story you know, make your mark, fuck the corporations, bad. Mm-hmm. But, like, having watched a couple people play through the, the beginning stages of it anyway, it does seem to be 
kind of a prescribed narrative. It does kind of seem like no matter what your choices are, they do force you onto one track, which is kind of why it's surprising to me to hear that in that one review, uh, they said like, oh yeah, there's a quest that you'll just, the best content is stuff that you'll miss. Cause I don't, I'll send you, I don't know I'll that send they're you pushing you towards the best stuff. Any like uh, it's weird. I'll send you that link after we're done here. But uh, yeah, please. Because uh, like, I, it just seems like a really weirdly. It, it, I, I'm I'm comparing it kind of to to uh, Breath of the Wild, which I think is like on a level of discovery. Like I think that game really lets you feel like you're discovering, but also like on like a, a, a next level third eye opening, it actually knows that it's like leading you to, it's incepting the discovery in you. It knows how you're going to be discovering these things well, kind of. And the way that they do that is not by saying uh, you're off tutorial Island. Now go have fun. Like the game is yours. They say, you know, you're done with tutorial Island. Here's the final quest. Uh, you should probably start by going over there. Yeah. And then, like, the game kind of evolves around that. And then, you know, the, the first major quest item they give you is go get, you know, these four, I forget the name, the four, like, magic, the uh, divine beasts. Here are their locations on a map that you haven't unlocked yet. Like, we're going to give you some, some goals, but if you don't want to go there, you don't have to. Yeah. And then they position the most helpful one the closest to where you are. So, you know, you're like, hey, this one saves you if you die. You should probably go to this one first. But you don't know that. Um, mm. <clears throat> and then, like, that level of exploration is really great. And then the other thing that I really like about that game is the entire game levels around you. And the leveling system yeah. is completely, completely opaque. There's no sense at all that you're gaining any experience or anything. The weapons you get just get more powerful, and the enemies you encounter get more powerful. And that just naturally happens with the game, no matter what order you play it in. And I think that's really, really kind of inspired because, you know, we talked about over leveling and that's something that this game that you can get lost in for a dozen hours between quest item one, a and quest item one B in the same, in the same, uh, quest, like, you know, it, I like it, it still lot. scales yeah. should, no matter what, how far you go. Yeah. I played that game twice through now played a lot of breath of the wild i'm i'm looking at it, i think they said the sequel's coming out 2021 so yeah i'm ready i'm looking forward to it is it still coming to the wii u i don't i, I, I don't know when it was announced the sequel uh, it said it was coming to the wii u i'd be surprised then yeah. if it didn't but we'll see i mean hey you know uh they they did it with uh uh twilight princess even though this it was a switch or a, a wii launch title uh they still put it on gamecube yeah Right, but I mean, this is years. This is 2020, 2021. You know, it, it, four years it, after the Switch. It, was it's going to be a long time after the Wii U died a, 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 a agonizing death. You know, yeah, <laughs> quick but agonizing. Um, hey, you know, they're still putting out Just Dance games for Wii U, aren't they? I know they are for the Wii. I wonder if they are for the Wii U actually. For the Wii, not the Wii U. You're right. It was for the Wii because that's what retirement homes have. I have a Wii U. Exactly. I do too. I don't think I'm, That's actually what I have uh, Breath of the Wild on. I think because I gave you that game. <laughs> it's true. You gave it to me. That I played it for about three hours. That was the thanks, Scott. That was my first introduction to frustrating saves with Nintendo. Was I played about thirty hours of Breath of the Wild on my Wii U, and then I got a Switch, and I was like, okay, let's play on the Switch. I can't even log into my Wii U account on here. Yeah, I have to create completely a new separate. Account. I have to create a new account. Oh, how do you translate? You can't. 
well you know now i'm 30 hours into this game i have to start over i wasn't even done the fr- you know wasn't even done the first time and then mm-hmm. i kind of blitzed through the the first playthrough on the switch because like you figured out you get it all you know and then i came back to it like a year and a half two years later and played again and it was really 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 good man i was all in on the wii u that's crazy to think about that was a that was a different time nintendo land is the greatest party game though I was really convinced that was going to be like a big deal. And I, I like pre-ordered it and I got a bunch of games for it. And uh, it it's like one of the biggest disasters of a console uh, in, in recent memory ever. I mean, because even the Vita is still getting games for it. Yeah. Like today. And there's still like a dedicated obvi- audience of people who love it. It, it. Like that's a different story of, 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 failure but the wii u is just like it's like everyone hated it the moment it came out and nobody bought it and so it died and there was really yeah. bad marketing it's like i uh, i remember i my i picked mine up when i just got really high and i just went and bought it because i wanted to play mario maker and now that game doesn't even work anymore <laughs> <laughs> they shut the servers down yeah i played the shit out of splatoon on the wii u and i i was like high ranked in that game i did all of the festival things it, it those were good times I, I remember there were a couple of days where i was like man i'm like getting 30 kills in a match and it's like it, it just this Pop feels it so off. good and uh, MLG. all those six-year-olds and me uh <laughs> this is how it was well, that's uh, how i feel uh i've been playing mario kart online on the switch recently and that's how i sometimes feel playing mario kart are you are you one of those people who's just like miserable to play against you have like all the gold parts i've unlocked everything <laughs> and i've 100 percented the game uh like three stars on I, I also that's all the grand prix that is one of multiple multiple games on the wii u that i like 100 percented because i i had it for so long on the that I, I 100% in Mario Super Mario th- or uh Mario Kart 8 3D card I Super Mario 3D card Super Mario 3D World I also 100%ed <laughs> I got every level with every character with all the items and everything that's like the only Mario game I've ever done that for um yeah yeah I I was all in on the Wii U the Wii U was uh was like my scene and then everyone hated it and moved on to the switch immediately. And I was kind of like super bitter about it for a long time. And I think that's why, like I am still like easing into the switch a little Mm -hmm. bit is that I was like, man, I was here. I was doing this and you all (laughs) didn't listen and didn't believe me. And, and now they're giving you all the same games and you fucking love it. Yeah. And it's so aggravating Mm -hmm. because I was there and I played Bayonetta two and it ruled and now you're like, ooh, please put it on Switch. I had it five years ago. <laughs> so that's how I feel about that. But the Switch is a good console, I will say. I it's, will it's admit, though, that's got to be annoying that, that if you did have a Wii U and were fully invested in it, the Switch's library has basically just been the Wii U titles being piecemeal handed over to it. Especially because the Wii U had Virtual Console, too, right? It did, yeah. It had a better Virtual Console than... Um, it, it, so it had two things. It had its own virtual console, and then it also had access to the Wii virtual console Ooh. because it had a, a emulated Wii inside of it. Ooh. So you could play. It had all of the functionality of the Wii. Uh, the built Wii in. virtual console was the best one. Those were the days. Uh, I mean, you remember the song, right? Super Mario RPG. Super Mario 3. Take it away, please. No. 
Adventures of Lolo 1 and 2. <laughs> Fu Manchu. Harvest Moon. Oh my god. Donkey Kong Country Math. I love the song. This is, I play it in the store sometimes. This is a, uh, you should look up a video by the uh, the comedy group Nirvana, the band of the show. Uh, very funny. Where it's called Update Day. And they made a song about... Um, the new... About when the virtual console would update every week. Yeah, uh, and the new games that would a, come out. One of my favorite videos of all time. So uh, look that up, please, uh, and we'll leave leave it at that. But nice. The Wii U, the spotlight was robbed. It was a good console for its time. I I played Assassin's Creed three, Assassin's Creed four. Um. Yeah. Uh, I think looking at his wall. Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Uh, Wonderful um, 101. I think the only games I played on the Wii were, like, the Smash game that was on it. Whichever one that was. Pikmin 3. Um, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart. Watch Dogs. And, uh... Thank you for tuning into the uh, official Wii U fan cast. We'll just be listing games for the next minute and a half. Well, I, I mean, Travis, we found the, the only amazing three Spider-Man remaining Wii U's in existence, black. and we have them. You can send your emails to Travis at NintendoFan.com. We upload every week on Thursdays. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out our SoundCloud at NintendoFanCast.SoundCloud slash Wii U. That one idol game that Atlas made with Fire Emblem characters. I don't he, remember. He one hundred percent Tokyo hear. Mirage Sessions. There we go. Ter- Tokyo Mirage. I got that game and I didn't like it. Same. <laughs> <clears throat> um, that'll do it. That'll do it. About uh, Hyrule Warriors. Did you get that one? I'd never played it. I don't. I don't. I don't care for the Warriors games. And the outro music. <laughs> hey everybody, it's me. It's Travis. I'm. I've had a whole bottle of La Fin du Monde. I'm a little out of it, but I'm gonna try to do our our ending anyway. Uh, special thanks go to Aesthetics Please. Aestheticsplease.bandcamp.com is where you're going to find his uh, sweet tunes. Uh, not to mention uh, music.businesscasual.biz. Find some other, other good business casual stuff there. Our music is uh, provided generously with his permission. He's our favorite, our favorite musician of all time. Better than the Beatles. So uh, you should definitely check him out. And yeah, I hope uh, we we don't have any um, any social media or uh, email address or anything. So you, uh, you, there's no way to contact us. So uh, if you want to ask us a question, uh, I'm sorry, you, you just you just can't. So that's uh, that's it. Hope to see you next week. Stay classy, fuckers. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>